0: We know that when the cleaners come, the cats uh, get scared and they want to hide, and um, it's been kind of a challenge because uh, the cats, and here's Mr. Vegas the cat right here, um, you know, they've been, uh, you know, traumatized in a way by the vacuum cleaner, I think especially, and what happened was we used to uh, not have the cleaners clean the basement, yes, Vegas, uh, yes, Vegas is still recovering here from everything that happened yesterday. Um, they used to not clean the basement, um, uh, because I guess, you know, the basement was kind of disordered, and it was hard to clean, but then it be- we, we organized it so it could be cleaned. So the cats that were able to go hide in the basement, and especially they like hiding uh, inside this couch, and the couch is, it has interior spaces that they could hide in, um, but even last time, you know, as, as you may remember, uh, after the cleaners came, because then they s- doing the – so let me, let me just take a step back. So what we did was we started to close the door to the basement before the cleaners came, and then the cats had to run upstairs to hide, um, which I, I think was a better hiding spot, you know, like in a closet or whatever. And they would be less – like I think like when Vegas was – inside the couch and they were vacuuming the couch that must have been so uh, terrible for him all the noise and stuff so we were hoping they could just sort of stay upstairs and you know it wouldn't be so bad Um, so now we've been um, um, closing the door but then as soon as I close the door even before the cleaners come they start going crazy and especially vegas has uh, is a lot more uh, upset by this process than mojo mojo Mo- mojo fuzo and vegas champer are two cats they're brothers and uh they mojo seems to recover pretty quickly but vegas has been getting more and more upset by the process so even uh, y- like yesterday i closed the door and he starts flipping out and He's trying to find places to hide even to the point of like on on the bed he's trying to go inside one of the pillows and stuff like trying to find a place to hide finally he was able to f- hide a really good hiding spot i thought inside my my clothes closet underneath a bunch of hanging shirts uh really good hiding spot i i thought pretty pretty well isolated and stuff as you may may recall last time um we couldn't find him at all and Eventually, we found out that he was in the walls. He, he 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 had found a way to get inside the walls, of of the basement, and eventually uh, I opened this panel and he came out. If you recall that, so I made sure to cover up the opening right, which is by the gas meter. Uh, I mean, it covered it up with a sort of like this placemat and this this plastic bag. I felt really sort of completely covered it up. I've known I know that it looked like they'd been sort of jumping up and grabbing at it. To try to rip it off, but I thought that was pretty good. Then there's another possible way he could get in in the boiler room uh, if he jumps up on the water heater and then he can jump into the ceiling, which is very scary because I have no idea what's in there. It's this it's this interior space that a human can't fit in, but a cat can. And uh, so I I put this heavy container in front of the uh, folding you know the, the the doors of the little cl- room where the water heater is. So anyway, I thought we had it all sort of set up. So, um, yesterday, after the cleaners left, uh, I see Vegas like running down uh, into the basement. So I was actually in the basement, and I see that he's jumping up towards the the opening by the, the gas meter. But I'm like, oh, I put that stuff in there so he can't get through. But he, it was I couldn't believe this. He, he just sort of jumped up and. Went just went above all of that stuff and just went right into into the wall, and I tried to grab him and I, I couldn't quite grab him. He just sort of climbed up into the, into the ceiling. I don't even know what's in there. I'm gonna have to. I, I I don't even know. How do you? What do you have? Some sort of like remote camera you could use to see what's in those spaces? It was insane. I'm like, oh no. So anyway, I, I had I was really upset. I didn't know what to do. Um. Until later, I saw he was out. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I have to go and I I have to cover up this hole, right? So uh, I had to figure out what to do to cover up the hole. Eventually, we were going to put a hang a painting in front of it to 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 cover it up, but we hadn't done that. You know, we've been putting it off, putting it off. So um, I'm like, I think I can just get a piece of cardboard and some tape and just covered up that way so I saw he was out so I wanted to make sure that you know he didn't go back in and then as I approached it he jumped back in again I tried to grab him and I almost had a hold of him but he slipped away again I'm like oh god so then I'm like I'm gonna get ready when he comes out again uh, we have uh, you know had they deliver the uh the paper towels in a big box it was almost done, so I just cut a, a piece of cardboard out that covered the opening, and um, I got some tape, some packing tape, and I was ready. I'm like, as soon as he comes out, let's just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to do this. So, um, eventually, he came out, and I, I was able to pick him up. I took him upstairs. And I unlocked the back door. As I did that, I closed the door to the basement. Went outside. Went around the house into the basement. Now he can't get in. And I I covered up this the the hole with um, with tape with the tape and the cardboard. And I sealed it up and it was good. It was sealed. So then I opened the door. I'm like, okay, you can go down. And he he looked at it. He was all upset. He can't get back in in there. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, Kitty. You can't go in there. It's too dangerous. So a little bit later, he's, like, missing again. And meanwhile, I wanted to go to the movies that last night to go see Boy and the Heron, uh, you know, that Miyazaki movie. But I'm like, if he's stuck, I can't go. So I'm like, finally, he's out. Um, You know, I can go to the movies. I don't have to worry about him. So then he's like, then I can't find him again. And I'm like, where the heck is he, you know? So I, I I go on I go on the ground I look inside the couch I'm like where the heck is he not inside the couch where could he be, so I would go down and sit on the floor in the basement, and I brought down the treats and I was shaking and I'm like uh, treats kitty treats and, and I heard I heard him like meowing distantly. I'm like, could he, how could he be back in the wall, and I know that I had, put that, container in front of the door of the boiler room. I went over and I saw that there was a tiny space, maybe the cleaners had moved that box a little bit. I'm like, oh no, he's back in the wall, but I sealed it up. So I, uh, we have this another, another opening um, on the side there, a little tiny opening, like six inches by six inches. So I open that up and then he comes out. I'm like, Gregus, you have to stop doing this. And he's meowing and meowing because this – so I'm like he must have went in the boiler room and jumped up into the ceiling that way. So I I pushed the container in front of the door. I'm like, Kitty, you can't go in here. Listen, stop. So anyway, later on I'm like, where is he? And again, I hear him inside. How did he get in the wall? even – this is a heavy container filled with wooden blocks and stuff and I jammed it up against the door but somehow he moved it. And he got in again. So I opened that side thing. He came out again. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. He keeps finding his way back in, into the ceiling, into the walls. So now I stacked up three heavy containers in front of the wall. And now he hasn't been able to get back into the ceiling. And um, it's like amazing how how resourceful he is. And he's still going nuts. This is the next day. And he's still... Screaming and crying that he wants to go back in the ceiling, but it's too—it's so dangerous. If he gets stuck in there or something, there's not like how we're gonna have to tear the whole basement apart to get him out. So stacking those three, I think, really, uh, really did it. And now, yeah. So I mean, it was quite a harrowing experience. But there's a lot of weird stuff going on yesterday. Um. Yeah, I mean, it felt like there was a strange energy in the air, or of, 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 of some of some sort. Um, it actually started. Uh, well, yeah, the money I got out of the ATM machine, I didn't look at it until yesterday morning. I actually went to my, uh, the company party in New York city and I know it was interesting. You know, I, I, I was talking about, I, I wondered if they, if they would have that fake liquor Remember we were talking about the fake liquor last time, like RJ Boone, a uh, whiskey, which is basically a, a quote unquote whiskey, but can be served if you have just a wine license because it's only 20% alcohol. And by the way, there was quite an amazing synchronicity uh, on uh, on yesterday's show if I can find it here you know I kept talking about the fake whiskey R.J Boone well the 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 uh, the other side if I can find it here had uh hold on one second is this it yeah 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 this the second piece on the other side let me see if I can play it for you here. Right. The other side yesterday started off with a song called "Condors Don't" by Treebag Ask. <laughs> I love I love that title. Condors don't. <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much. I'm I, I am Treebag Ask. That's one of my musical pen names. It's a good song though. Condors don't. What what don't they do? Anyway, so is this is this it? Considering we were just talking a lot about R. J. Boone, the fake liquor, right? And I, and I heard this on the other side. I love I love this one, by the way. This this piece. It's a clip from '91. Caution: Adolescents at risk. Young MC.
1: Most people call me R. J. What and I'm from the Fort Berthold
0: Indian Reservation. most people call me RJ <laughs> That is a classic synchronicity R. j. synchronicity okay that is insane because I mean I suppose you could say that subconsciously i actually no I, I i they're really i'm I don't have any real any of these uh, other sides stocked up now i just i I, I just have a few that I have uh, sequenced. I guess subconsciously I may have known that, but no. Thinking back, there was no way. It's a pure synchronicity, okay? R.J. Boone and R.J. from the Indian Reservation. Um, Yeah, that was pretty cool. But anyway, no, they had real liquor there. In fact, I I was drinking Widow Jane. It's called Widow Jane whiskey. And it was real whiskey. It was all right. It was an interesting party. I saw a bunch of people I knew from work including a lot of, like some people that i've since the pandemic like some people i've never met in person i actually met at the party it was kind of interesting it was uh you know what do you want it was a work party but it was like thousands of people there you know it's like a like a huge event space and stuff i had a pretty good time and it was really cool because things were kind of winding down it's around seven thirty ish and um it supposedly went to eight, but I, I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, well, there is that eight o'clock bus that would be nice to get. And this was real close to the bus terminal, so like a ten minute walk maybe. And I had I had three of those Widow Jane's, and uh, and because sometimes I drink a little too much at these parties, as most people do, and then it just you just feel like crap afterwards. But I had just enough that I did not I felt fine. I felt fine. I had probably right up to the threshold with three drinks, or maybe they're watering the stuff down. I don't know. <laughs> um but i did not feel that like horrible like bad drunk feeling you know especially especially when you leave and then you go get on the bus and the interminable bus ride like it just made so much more annoying if you if you're that level of being drunk but i was not in fact i had like 20 minutes and i actually stopped by beatnik the the vegan uh, fast food restaurant and got some stuff on the way home and with and then i even i even got a drink at uh, at at Dwayne Reed. It was one of those little coconut drinks, coconut water drinks. It's like a little bottle of coconut water. Six five ninety nine? What what is going on I know prices are going through the roof and going insane. But a little bit of coconut water six dollars now? I would have thought it would be three or four dollars. I know. Things are changing these days. Everything's so uh, everything's much more expensive. And the bus was I got the bus home, it was great. Um that was rather rather pleasant. Oh, but then not only that, not only did I go to Beatnik and get the coconut water, but I also stopped by the ATM to get some money to pay the cleaners. So anyway, um, next morning – so I did so much in just like 20 minutes. It was great. Next morning, I uh, I look at the money, and I'm like, what? The, every, almost every one of the $20 bills is like ripped. Like – um the, like the lower right portion was ripped off, the upper left portion was ripped off, and then there were then there were actually I think I took a picture of of the bills. <laughs> is it legal to take a picture of money? I don't know. Let's see. I can actually tell you that yes, here they are, the actual bills. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. So yeah, the lower right is ripped off. The lower two of them have the lower left ripped off. Um. Yeah, and and then there was a couple from the past. Here's one from uh, 1985 that has, like, the bottom is all ripped. <laughs> and then there was the one from 74. I don't know. Is that is that worth money? I don't know. Um, oh, and here's another one that has a huge gash above, of, above Jackson's head. I've never had such damaged bills from an ATM, right? I, I mean, I have never seen... I, I mean, what is going on? I, I mean... Anyway, I'm like, should I, I should just give it to them? I know it's still legal tender. I think as long as there's a certain amount, I think if one corner's ripped off, it's okay. But obviously, it's not nice if someone gives you money that's all ripped up. Um, it turns out we had to get some more money out for another reason. So I went to the bank and I explained it to them. I'm like, can you give me some good 20s for these bad 20s? And they did. They didn't even question. I, I, I don't know. Oh, look, there's, like, some pen writing scribbled on one of these. These are, like, really bad bills. What, what, are these bills that were sort of set us? It almost feels like these were bills that were isolated and set aside as as being kind of crappy. And I know that they're able, like, the Federal Reserve System is able to sort of, they just, you know, they shred the money that that's like this. Do you, you, you ever go to, like a, like, a museum and they have, like, all the shredded money that you can get? No. <laughs> anyway. You know what I'm saying the the old the old money looks really weird, like from the '70s and '80s. But I traded it in, yeah. So that was the first thing that happened yesterday. It was it, it felt like there was a weird like hex in the air or something. Everything weird happened. Um, so as I was getting ready for the uh, cleaners, I, I was making sure to do the dishes, making sure the sink in the kitchen was empty. And so, uh, in the in the little you know the drain, the little thing that catches stuff when it goes in the drain, um, I was cleaning that out, and usually I just sort of tap it upside down on top of a paper towel to get all the junk out. But there was something jammed in there, and it looked like you know, um, you know, like a, a, a fruit label—the label on a piece of fruit or something, or a vegetable or something. And sometimes it gets in your sink, and it, it's just like a little label, and it it could get jammed in that in that drain thing. So I'm like trying to so I'm like trying to shake it out I'm like I couldn't, so I just reached my finger in there to kinda like swipe it to get it. And I'm like Ah <laughs> My finger got cut my left index finger it's starting to heal here. The top of the tip of my index finger got sliced open pretty bad. It was bleeding. So I'm like, what the hell is that? It's not a label, it's something sharp. So I grabbed the knife and I and I had to pry it out. It was a shard of a broken coffee mug. And I could swear I broke that coffee mug weeks ago. I Like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely like a klutz, like a Butterfingers. And I, I know I dropped it in the sink and shattered it. A couple of weeks ago, though, I, I hadn't noticed that yet. And I just sort of sliced my finger open. Then uh, my wife was having a breakfast empanada. And she's like, oh, there's something in this empanada. <laughs> and it was like, she handed it to me. and it, And I started, it was stretchy, like rubber. It was like a Piece of a rubber band in the empanada. What the hell? <laughs> it was like so much weird stuff going on. And then even this morning, I'm like, you know, I I, I brew coffee in a thermal carafe. We also have a the, the into the coffee maker with the uh, the Keurig. So. I, this morning, I went to, like, check if there was any coffee in there. I'm like, oh, wow, there is. Because I never remember if there's any coffee left. And I, pour, I start pouring it in a cup, but, but it's water. I'm like, how did water get in here? I can only imagine maybe the, the cleaning crew were trying to clean out. They normally wouldn't clean that out, would they? That's the only way water could have gotten in there. And there were a couple other things. It was, it was, like, such a strange, strange stuff going on. Not to mention the movie I saw, which we'll get to in a moment. And then all the stuff of Vegas going in the wall multiple times happened after all that. It was just a very strange day. A very strange day indeed. Oh, I forgot uh, one thing I had written down here. Um, when I went to the Beatnik, which used to, which used to be called By Chloe, right? It's one of these cases. It's, it happens all the time. This woman whose name was Chloe started this uh, vegan uh, restaurant business of some sort and Eventually, she was forced out of her own company. You hear this all the time. It almost seems like if you name a company after yourself, you will get forced out eventually. How do you get forced out of your own company? And that's why they eventually renamed it. I think that's why they eventually renamed it Beatnik, B-E-A-T-N-I-C. But anyway, it was, I don't know, it was 7.40 and they close at 8. <laughs> and uh, so I go in and, this, and I, was, I, was, I was intending to... I was gonna call my wife and ask her, "Oh, do you want anything?" so I could look at the menu. So this the, the employee comes out and I just hold my finger up. Uh, one second, you know, just just like that, because I'm I'm calling to see. And this employee like rolls her eyes, oh, like so annoyed by me, and walks into the back. I guess she was doing multiple things, and went away from what she was doing to serve me, and uh, then I had to wait. So she, I got a big eye roll. Listen, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. I don't know what to say. I just, I have to call my wife to see what she wants from Beatnik, but I got a big old eye roll. (laughs) Oh yeah, and also, just, I thought it was kind of interesting on the way in. Like my phone was like, I don't know what's going on with my phone. I really don't. It was like, um, like I, I had it all charged. This is going to the party. I had it all charged, and then, like, walking to the bus stop, it was at 100%. It's like at, it's, like, at, like, 92%. I'm, like, how did it lose 8% in such a quick time? So I get on the bus, and then it's, like, 88%. I'm, like, what the hell is going on with this phone? There's something going on. So I, I, I put it on extreme battery saver mode because I'm, like, I don't know what's going on with the phone. It's just, like, discharging insanely. So I I, so I, I guess I, 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 I'm, like, I really shouldn't. I normally would play games on the bus on my phone, but I'm, like, I really shouldn't play games. So I was just looking out, out the door, out the window, and um, oh, I was going to see, because when you take a bus in the afternoon like that in New York City, my bus goes through all these annoying routes, like through the industrial park in Lyndhurst and through the side streets of uh, Union City. In fact, there was that place, not like right, right down the street from medieval times, that, remember it had like a... Uh, it was a vague place. It had like a vegan restaurant and a Mexican place. And uh, what the hell was it called? And then they had like an event space. Apparently, it's all gone now. But it was a place where they had se- – it was supposed to be Señor Nachos or something. And then, but it was actually typeset as Senior Nachos. I've seen that a few times now where people are trying to write the Spanish word Señor, like Mr. But they write it S-E-N-I-O-R, Senior and instead of S-E-N-O-R with the tilde over the N, you know what I'm talking about? But that place is all gone. What was that place even called? I don't know. How can I find out? Sorry, I had to pause there for a second. Um, yes, yeah, so I was in the going into the city in the Lincoln Tunnel, and I was looking just sort of looking at cars going by, just whatever, just looking out the window. And there's this one car where, like, the license plate was definitely of a, a, a different state, but... I couldn't tell what state it was cuz the letters were covered up by the the uh the border of the license plate. So I looked at the name of the state in it and I thought it said Citiana. C I T Y A N N A. Like damn, that would be a great name for a state, Citiana. This <laughs> one word C I T Y A N N A, Citiana. Like that sounds like something. That sounds like a real like maybe in an alternate reality, that is actually a, one of one of the states of the United States, Cityana, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like something? I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. And then as happens, you know, like we passed that. I think it was a truck. And then our lane slowed down, so the truck went back, and so it sort of went back and forth a few times. And I tried to see: is this really a truck from another dimension? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. But I wasn't able to see. See, see what the actual uh, state was. It was like red and bluish kind of color scheme, maybe, something like that. I don't know. Here's a, here's a quick one. Uh, yeah, you know, last episode I called Tiger, Tiger, and, I, and I, uh, the artwork is uh, this piece of art we found in the house. It's uh, artwork of a tiger made out of um, cut-out construction paper and sort of pasted down. And I believe my brother or I uh, created it when we were when we were kids in school. I thought it was kind of an interesting image, and I did in fact have my brother uh, set it aside, as I think I mentioned. So, no one no one bought it at the sale, so it, my brother has that now. Uh, anyway, I thought it was quite a striking image, and uh, and Bob Lament from Static Radio was like, "Is this an AI tiger?" And I realized, yes, it does look a little bit like, like weird AI artwork. And this is, this is a new thing that's happening where actual, real human-made artwork now looks like AI artwork. You know? I'm like, no, no, no. It's real. I swear it's real. And I think I even saw the ha- a headline online, which was like, how can you prove that your artwork is not AI? It's got to be a tough time to be an artist, right? A visual artist. It's like... um. You may have spent like twenty hours drawing something, and you're like, "It's almost like ah, that's this shitty AI artwork." Stop, stop using AI. No,
2: it's not AI.
0: I think artists are going to have to sort of film themselves like drawing everything (laughs) in real time. But then people will like, "Well, that could just be an AI video of someone of you drawing something, even though it's not real. It's an AI video of you drawing this, even though both both the video and the artwork are AI." Well, could someone accuse this show of being like, "Is could this?" me talking right now be just an AI talking of me talking? <laughs> no. <laughs> how do I prove how do I prove I'm real and not an AI? It's weird when it comes to any any work of art or entertainment to prove that it's actually real. Notwithstanding the obvious like maybe I am an AI we're all AIs and oh let's not even go there it's everything's let's like you have to sort of accept that some things may be real do we some things may be real or relatively real to the point that we yeah even if we are ai's it's sort of like we are aware of ourselves and we're expressing effort creating things and no yes yes anyway wow a lot of a lot of celebrity deaths uh recently look at this Do I even have them in order? There's been so many. Damn. Uh, I think it was, yeah. Sandra Day O'Connor, Shane McGowan, Denny Lane, Norman Lear, and then Ralph Sorella. Jeez, a lot of them. All right. I I have to write this all down. Celebrity deaths. Some of these people are barely celebrities, but, you know. Well, no. I mean, only one of them is barely a celebrity. He's a Howard Stern guy, but hold on. Let me let me uh, figure this out here. Wow. Five. One, two, three. Five celebrity deaths, ranging from age 58 to age 101. Jeez. All right. Here's our celebrity deaths. Um, starting with Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman on the U.S. Supreme Court. She was 93 years old. I, I, I mean, I, I've, I know the name that she was the first woman, but I'm not really sure much else about her. But she was pretty famous. 93, that's not bad. Next up, we have Shane McGowan died at age 65. He was the singer from The Pogues, a band that my brother was more into than I was, but I've, I've enjoyed some of their songs. He definitely seemed like a rather unhealthy person. I'm not sure exactly what he died of, but... Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys. An Irish band. Shane McGowan, dead at 65. And then... Norman Lear died at age 101. Wow. He was the guy that created the sitcoms like All in the Family and The Jeffersons and those kind of things. And I remember recently he, he actually was on these uh, shows. They did a couple times in the past couple of years. They did a live broadcast uh, recreating the episodes. of, like, For example, they did... Um, an All in the Family episode, and then also ooh, here's our food, <laughs> and then also ooh, hold on. <laughs> all right, we got some food. Fat Choy, it's a great new uh, vegan Chinese place, opened way up in Englewood or something. And recently they it was too far for them to deliver, but then they must have changed their policy and they increased their delivery range. So then the d- delivery person was there. They're like, oh, do you have your pin? I'm like what? They're like, oh, if you don't have it, don't worry. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, a PIN, a personal identification number. I would have assumed that, I guess they use PINs to make sure it's being delivered to the right house, but I looked at the app, it didn't, shouldn't it say, oh, your PIN is this? Weird. (laughs) I don't understand. Anyway, I got some really good Singapore uh, sautéed spicy noodles. And tofu, yum yum. It's gonna be a good lunch. Anyway, I was talking about Norman Lear. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, All in the Family and Jefferson's episode. Then they did a couple other ones like Live, and he was there. He was there. He died. And uh, Denny Lane, the singer from Moody Blues, it's really interesting. Moody Blues is a band that I've been really into, especially a few of their albums like In Search of the Lost Chord and On the Threshold of a Dream. But I really, like, I don't really know what the band members look like. I don't think I've ever really watched them live. And I, I, I actually, today, I've been trying listening to more of their albums. I've, let me just see the ones that I'm more familiar with. They have, like, a big seven. They have a more than seven albums, but so there's a big seven that is considered their classic run. Uh, Days of Future Past, Search of the Lost Chord, Threshold of a Dream. So those are the three I know better then there's also to our children's children 's children question of balance every good boy deserves favor and seventh sojourn and then there's a bunch after that but and there's one before the magnificent Moody's. Um, but yes yeah, I, I don't really know the really don't know much about the members of the band it's weird so Danny Lane I actually had to actually look at what look up what he looked like uh, but he passed away at seventy nine but I do love the moody blues it, it's one of those bands that seems like it flies under the radar in terms of classic rock. But their stuff is so good um, and so unique. It really doesn't sound like anything else. So, yeah. Anyway, finally, and perhaps the most uh, shocking death of all, um, Ralph Sorella died at age 58, apparently. So he was a guy from the Howard Stern show. He was like... And I remember him from way back when. Like, he worked on the, the Channel 9 show back around circa 1990. He did, like, the makeup and prosthetics for Howard. He was, like, Howard's stylist. And apparently he became a really good friend of Howard Stern. So I remember Ralph. Though I have to say, though the Howard Stern show is still going, I think, on XM Radio or Sirius XM Radio, uh, you know, I pretty much have tuned out. Um, I There was a time when there was this pirate website that used to carry the show that was easy to listen to um, but I don't feel like I need to jump through hoops to hit listen to Howard Stern anymore the last couple of times I tried listening it was okay but not it, I mean I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern but um, his best days are behind him I think as a radio host but Ralph was always there so <laughs> it was kind of shocking to see Ralph Sorella die wow. a, lot, a lot of deaths what the hell's going on trying to think the pogues what was their big song i don't know i I guess i never i guess it was just my brother that was into the pogues i really wasn't into them that much yeah anyway there's there's your death report now we'll have my fat joy and then we'll get to uh uh review this movie the boy and the heron wow that was so good uh, this place, Fat choice, it's great. Very pricey, though. A bit pricey, as everything is this, these days. that I mention that? everything's causing causing more money. Ooh, more deliveries. <laughs> Every time I record, there's someone delivering something on the porch. Anyway, um, so this movie, The Boy and the Heron, right, by Hayao Miyazaki, right, from Studio Ghibli. A legendary, um, this, these are animated movies from Japan, right? You may have heard of them. Um <clears throat> his first one was actually the Castle of Cagliostro with a, a Lupin the 3rd. I actually just watched that a couple years ago, really good. His movies are distinguished by so many things, a visual style, the dreamlike atmosphere, um <clears throat> interest weird interesting plots, you know. Um the ones that I've seen that I really like a lot of course. I remember seeing Princess Mononoke in 97, uh, I saw that in the movies. That one was good. I spirited Away, though, in 2001, I thought was absolutely fantastic. I remember seeing that one, I, th- I think I, s- maybe, was it 2001 or 2002 that I saw it? It was, it was when I went to this, uh, this I did a mall, what I called Mall Day. I went to a mall from opening to closing. It's perhaps the only time I ever did that. And um, <clears throat> I had trouble seeing it. It was at the uh, Palisades Mall up, up in New York, not too far from the border of New Jersey. And I remember at the same time a Madonna movie was out called Swept Away. So when I ordered, when I, when I went out to the box office, hey, can I get one ticket to Spirited Away? They gave me a ticket for Swept Away, so I had to go and go back and explain it to them that they gave me the wrong ticket, Swept Away and Spirited Away. Um, and then I went there, and it it was it, it started at the wrong time, so I saw the second half of the movie. Then I had to wait to see the first half of the movie, it was the whole thing. But I think that's the best one that I've seen by him is Spirited Away. It's about this girl and her and her parents who she winds up going into this weird alternate world. Um, how's Moving Castle. I remember seeing that. Ponyo, of course, uh, <clears throat> a very weird retelling of the Little Mermaid story. And I don't think I saw The Wind Rises. I don't think. Did I see that one? <clears throat> Wasn't there one about um, like the borrowers, like these miniature people? But I, that maybe that was his company, but not he didn't uh, direct it. Um, but that was. Paponyo was uh, 2008. Wind Rises was 2013. What was there? Wind I don't even remember this one. <coughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, <coughs> I don't know. Earlier this year or last year, I started hearing rumblings that he made another movie. <coughs> in Japanese, it's called How Do You Live? And apparently this movie, n- there was nothing, there was, no, uh, there was no information. When it came out earlier this year in Japan, it was released without any information. Uh, there was no images from the movie. There was no trailer. I don't even know if there was a poster. It was a super mysterious thing, right? So they were building it up, building it up, building it up. And uh, so I, honestly, so I, I, got kind of interested in it. And um, they renamed it "The Boy and the Heron" uh, for the, for the international release. Um, and because they were making such a big deal out of it, this and that. And some information came out, but it looked really cool. So I really wanted to see it. This was yesterday. Last night was the first (coughs) day it was shown outside of New York City. They've been showing it in New York City for a couple weeks now, I think. (coughs) Um, But they're showing it right down the street at Clifton Commons for me. So I figured may as well go see it the first night. Plus, it's a reason to go to the movies. I hardly ever—there's hardly ever a movie that I really care that much about to go see. Um, I feel uh, like—yeah, so I feel like I had kind of high expectations going in. And uh, once I saw the movie, I was—it's very hard because this is a kind of movie that is hard to judge in some ways but I'll just go right out and say I was kind of disappointed in it after I saw it. It felt disappointing. And I know reading a bunch of people's reviews of it, um, there does seem to be this trend of, like, it's probably the guy's last movie. He's 82 years old. And it's good. Maybe not great, but you feel bad saying anything negative about it. Um, And then this whole trend of saying, oh, you have to see it multiple times to understand what's going on. And you have to look at all the symbolism and stuff, and mm, I get all that, and it's just the fact that it was built up so much that it was all secret and everything else. Um, Again, it's not a bad movie, but um, I don't want to do that thing where I'm like, oh, I really should like this movie more than I actually do, but I can see that it it could get better with multiple viewing, and I I... Multiple viewings, and I do feel like after sleeping on it and it and uh that some aspects of it I think are a bit deeper and are not as obvious on the surface, but I would say that a movie like Spirited Way, which was very similar in its plot of a young young person going into another world and having a weird adventure, that movie I think is much better than this i and again i just this, I just had this first impression of this movie, but Spirited Away felt like it just... It was on track the whole movie. It made sense. It was wild. It was amazing. And you cared about what was going on and everything else. So this, as I said, in 2001, a very similar movie to this one, Spirited Away, I think is best from what I've seen. Um... So this movie now being so similar thematically of a instead of a young girl, a young boy going into another universe, um <clears throat> to me it just clearly is 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 not as good as as a Spirited Away. So what what is this movie about? I know people have been trying to avoid spoilers and stuff, but anyway, this will have spoilers, obviously. Um <coughs> so it takes place, I think. Before World War Two, like in the 1930s in Japan, and this this young boy, his mother dies in a fire in a hospital, and he's taken out to a relative's uh, house. Like, so his father is going to remarry his mother's younger sister, and he's taken to this out in the country in Japan, and is in this house. There's all these like maids that are weird, like. They they have this weird, like, inhuman look. They're, like, sort of hunched over, and they have these, like, giant heads. But I guess they're just supposed to be regular humans. It's just sort of a stylistic thing. But then there was also characters, like, in Spirited Away, like the woman that was, like, one of the top people in the other world. She also kind of had this giant head and stuff. So it's just, like, that right there, was <coughs> were they meant to be human, or were they meant to be, like, this weird other race of beings that— But this was supposed to be the real world, Right. I don't know, and I feel like this is a case where I'm sure to to Miyazaki himself. This this is something that time period in Japan and a young boy dealing with trauma in that time. It felt it must feel much more resonant to him. But I sort of feel like that time period of Japan is is not as resonant to me as an audience member. Uh, maybe not as universal. There was something about the setting. Like, all the characters were rather unlikable in the real world, right? None of them were, like, the boy, his father, his his aunt slash new mother, right? They all were just kind of not likable in a way. <clears throat> um. Yeah, and then it's sort of uh, this heron, this bird, this, this, like, starts hassling him, and then starts talking to him, and eventually... He gets led into this, this tower that has supernatural properties and he gets led in there and there's all this weird stuff going on. He's in this weird other world. And uh, it's, I it guess, it, so like the first, like I don't know, hour of the movie is very slow and very boring. And then it, when you go into the other world, it's like, one thing after another that's just really weird and like, what, wait, what just happened? So that's, that was kind of cool. But at the same time, it kind of felt like a series of vignettes that really weren't super connected. Um, <clears throat> it, it did feel like it was actually just, it just feels very much like a dream where a lot of stuff doesn't make any sense. Um, and then there's all the parakeet people. It's like, it just sort of felt like the movie could have done without the parakeet people <laughs> i know i know out of context it just doesn't it just yeah it just and i understand there might be something deeply symbolic going on but i don't know it yeah i may reconsider this you know as as time goes on but um <clears throat> yeah And then there's like for some then there's sort of <coughs> tacked onto the whole thing is there's like a an alien origin of the tower like there was a, a meteorite hit this weird tower was there from the meteorite and then the guy his great uncle created this tower around the alien artifact and maybe that's why they had this weird otherworldly time travel stuff but it also sort of felt like was it meant to be sort of like the world of the dead Right, And it seemed at some point that it was supposed to be like that, because there's these little cute little creatures that are supposed to rise up and become be, be born as humans, so it felt like it could be like the world of the dead, but then it's like an alien artifact, and I guess at some point, you know is it is it just a series of impressions, and even like catching that giant fish and like making a big deal about slicing open the fish and all these guts come out and like what? But normally, I like something that that's weird and strange. But it sort of felt like they made such a point of like this guy's a perfectionist. Every image on every frame and every aspect of this thing has been super, super, uh, you know, deliberately made. And it took him I don't know ten years to make this or whatever. But yeah, the end result is a little bit, a little bit underwhelming. And I feel bad saying it, but it's just kind of like, um, and it's funny because if you look at the reviews online, there's a few people. A few people just went all out, giving it like one star, and they're like this, this movie sucks. I wouldn't say that it sucks, but um, you know, it also is impossible not to compare it to his other works. Um, that I, I, there's a there's a point to it. There's a certain warmth to the other movies that seems it's. This is kind of a sketchy uh, point to make, but there's a kind of a warmth, especially like in Ponyo and a Spirited Way. And I know I did see House Moving Castle fairly recently maybe in the past 10 years. I felt like there was a kind of a warmth to it. It's very hard to sort of pin down, but it feels like this movie was a bit more cold, right? And there's a lot of characters that you don't really know much about you don't really care about. And as I said the main characters are not particularly likable either. <clears throat> and the heron character also is, you know, sort of it's a heron but then it's it's sort of like this weird like dwarf guy that's in a heron outfit but he sort of transforms into a heron. <clears throat> yeah, like dream logic. Um yeah, so if this movie was just Isolated, like, oh, here's a movie that by someone you've never heard of, right? It'd be like – it may have – be better, but it just sort of feels like – yeah. It almost feels like a first draft. It almost feels like, like a bit – uh, uh, <clears throat> half-baked in a way, which is exact opposite of what they're telling you, which is that this ultimate perfectionist artist – you know, created this final masterpiece, assuming it's his final movie. Um, Yeah, it feels a a bit half-baked to be like that amount of a a masterpiece. I'm glad I saw it, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know if my... uh, I thought, like, after, you know, sleeping on it, I would maybe have a little bit of a different perspective. And even talking it out right now, I sort of realized, like, you know... uh, And, I mean the art style the animation is amazing but it's flawed and it's not as good as some of the other movies and i'm i'm still thinking about the first hour of it that is incredibly slow and incredibly kind of boring and i'm trying to think in context was that even justified it it feels in a way uh you know, I'm sure Miyazaki was at a point in life where he could indulge. It feels a bit self-indulgent, this one. That he just wanted to sort of do what he wanted to do and maybe this is more meaningful to him than to anyone else. Um, but yeah, it's a tricky one to try and analyze. But yeah. I know what I'm trying to say. See, it just occurred to me there's a sense of magic that when I was talking about warmth there's sort of a sense of magic that again imbues a spirited way into the other movies that it feels a bit less here it it just feels colder and less magical than the other movies yeah but yeah then there's a whole thing with the delivery room and this like paper thing all these circular thing of paper above her and Yeah, it it just sort of, it it feels like the things that happen are so kind of random and pointless. Or am I just missing something? But again, I don't think I missed that stuff in the other movies, so I don't know what to say. But for those people that are, and even in the theater, people are like, oh, it's almost here. Oh, my God. Like people, I guess, are just huge fans of uh, Studio Ghibli? 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 Um, that, yeah, I I don't know. I think people are having sort of a cognitive dissonance with this one in a way. No, it's not bad, but there's people that are just, it's the greatest thing ever. Mm, Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But there's the other aspect of it, which I think I touched on, which is that it might be that the sensibilities are... Much more Japanese than in the other movies. That is, uh, aspects of Japanese culture that I might not be familiar with may be more important to getting this movie. And I, could def- I definitely can see that. Um, but even that part in the beginning where they stop to look at this procession of mi- military veterans on the street, like, what was the point of that? Like, what's the point of any of it? <laughs> Just I don't know the injured pelican thing, like what like birds are the villains in this, like there's evil pelicans and evil parakeet people, and <clears throat> yeah the par- the parakeet people whose art style is different than the rest of the movie, which was kind of cool, but then the they're just the <clears throat> the parakeet people are just trying to kill and eat all of the all of the characters all the time and yeah and then the whole thing towards the end with the king parakeet that did not make much sense whatsoever and then the great grandfather I do mean, everything it's just kind of yeah well I mean I guess it has to be said that people are like it's amazing this guy's still making movies at 82 it's like it's amazing we have our, isn't our president 82-ish at this point like, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's, uh, you know, lost some aspect of capacity at, at, at such an age. Anyway, I feel bad to, well, this is just my honest opinion of the movie. I don't know. The more I talk about it, the more I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe this movie just isn't that great. What do you want? Yeah, I found the name of that place in Lindhurst. It was called Society Lounge, and it's permanently closed. And the Mexican place was called Señor Chapos. And the vegan place was called Vegan Buns. But it was weird. It wasn't like a normal business. It was in like a weird office building. And I I, I didn't even, I I never knew like how it was actually going to work. Like, was there a restaurant inside the offices? Or I don't know. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, the Señor Chapos logo, then the Senior Chapos with a tilde over the eye. Oh my god. What a, what a mistake. Interesting. I mean, could Señor be an actual word? I don't know. Anyway, it's all closed now. It's all finished. It's finished. What do you want? Do they have like a going away message? No? No. Anyway, I only knew it because of the depressing... That was a depressing route the bus takes at certain times. Yes. Anyway, uh, also the other day I received in the mail a book that I had ordered quite a while ago. Uh, This is uh, a very interesting book. I, I, I bought a book by the uh, the same publisher a couple of years ago. It's very hard to find. This is all related to The Monkees, the band The Monkees, that I'm a huge fan of. And this book is called I'm Told I Had a Good Time. It's the Mickey Dolan's Archives, Volume 1. And this same place also put out an amazing book, if I can find it here, uh, called The Monkees, The Day-by-Day Story. A massive book. Uh, listing uh, what the monkeys did every day. It's like every day, were they filming the show? Were they in the studio? Were they doing concerts? Like what were they doing? And this is the second edition to a book that came out, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And this book that I got, it's not like generally available. You had to do the pre-order, and then you would get it and it was impossible to find. now. But now they've reprinted it. Apparently it's, it's reavailable again. Anyway, this book is brand new, and it is enormous. I mean, it's massive, a massive tome. Um, so what they're saying here is a complete pictorial history of Mickey Dolan's personal archives from 1945 to 1978, with over 1,200 rare and previously unpublished images. Right? Um, so it looks like I've only just begun to really delve into this book, um, Mickey Dolan's looks like he, uh, yeah, there he is. With he he would he had a cameras and was taking pictures constantly. So it is just all this behind the scenes stuff. Oh look, there's his days on Circus Boy. Um, all the behind the scenes monkey stuff and before and after, uh, including a ton of of images of. Um, uh, Jimi Hendrix who they, they toured with I think Jimi Hendrix opened for them if I'm not mistaken or did they open for Jimi Hendrix I'm not sure but incredible page after page of just incredible never before seen uh, images really fascinating stuff uh, but I you know it's like many pictures of the other monkeys because uh, Mickey Dolenz is the one taking the pictures. so there's plenty of pictures of Mickey Dolenz as well uh these sort of hu- candid shots there's Mcnesmith getting out of an airport limo <laughs> amazing the monkeys plane yeah this is quite a book i guess it's still available how much does it cost is it yeah 100 100 bucks i got i got the cheapest edition they have all these deluxe editions i got the cheapest edition which is 100 100 bucks yeah tons of stuff with Jimi Hendrix um, then later days like like behind the scenes filming their thirty three and third monkey revolutions per monkey. It's kind of sad yeah, it's interesting. what's his name um there's only a few pictures of this guy uh there's only actually only one picture of brian auger who's uh he plays like this weird occultist on the show. Along with uh, Julie Dris- Driscoll, Julie Driscoll and Brian Auger, uh, they, they they were big stars of the show as well. They're definitely. I've been trying to find like the music of this guy. I know he has some interesting stuff. Brian Auger, he's kind of kind of a hard to find figure. Trying trying to find. Him. I know he has like the Oblivion Express and stuff. But yeah, this if, if you ever see this thirty three and a third Monkeys Per Revolution, it's like. Uh, revolutions per monkey it also has like Jerry Lee Lewis um, little Richard Fats domino very very strange it was kind of their last it was I think the last thing they did as all four monkeys and then there was that phase where I think who left it was was it first Mike Nesmith who left and then um, Peter Tork so yeah Look at this. Pheasant Run Playhouse and Golf Course. Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees in Remains to be Seen with Ann Southern and Gary Conway. Wow. Pheasant Run. That was the name of the shopping plaza. One of my shopping plazas growing up. Wow. Mickey spent most of June 1970 in residence at the St. Charles Lodge while appearing at Pheasant Run Dinner Playhouse in St. Charles, Illinois. Here, Mickey made his professional stage acting debut and remains to be seen playing Waldo Walton, a jazz drummer. These images were captured by a fan on June 25th and kept by Mickey, along with his home movies of the run, opposite page, top right. He's also entertained some children in the park one day, bottom right, with daughter Amy close by. What is this saying? Is this a quote from him? Boy, the thing I remember most about that June is going to the National Accelerator Lab and having the movies of the big tunnel being dug it is now called fermilab it was the first big particle accelerator i remember more about that than i do about doing the play it was a drawing room comedy one of those so it would have been like summerstock they call it i don't remember how much i don't remember much about how it happened some agent would have gotten a hold of me and said do you want to do a play and obviously i said yeah sure i'm pretty sure that was my first play what is summer stock? You hear that term sometimes. Oh, this play is summer stock. <laughs> what the hell is that? Summer stock? It feels kind of pejorative in a way, Like right? The term summer stock. I, should, I have, may have to look up what that even means. Oh, look, here's the actual play. Wow. There's him doing the play. Hmm. Like sitting at a table? Oh, there he is, I guess, putting his makeup on or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's so much in this this is such a cool book this is I mean it's very different than the other book this book is much more image images rather than text Starship? what was Starship? it's definitely not Jefferson Starship it's something else hmm when his first two MGM sing- singles didn't find radio play, Mickey reemerged as a duo with Michael Lloyd in a futuristic band called Starship. What? Circa late 1972. I didn't know about this. <laughs> Wait a second. Here, here's a letter Starship Bulletin, MGM, LA, re- regarding record release Lion 132. Start program. Deep within the space that exists between graphic equalizers and sixteen track magnetic impulse lies the constellation Lion. From its spiraling center, a thin black plastic disk is approaching Terra with the velocity of a bullet. Destination Hit City Earth. It is the probe record from Group Starship with its precious cargo of Johnny B. Good. Commanders Mickey Dolans from the constellation Monkey and Michael Lloyd, producer of the Osmond Fleet, assure you that Starship is reaching critical mass and will soon control the audio systems of the planet. I did not, I did not know this. All right, I'm going to need to look this up here. First, what does summer stock mean? Like what's yeah, summer stock. What does, what does the term summer stock mean? The production of plays, musical comedy, etc. during the summer, especially in a suburban or resort area, often by a repertory company. Hmm. Some theaters still use the traditional summer stock model, which an ensemble in which an ensemble performs one show by night while rehearsing an upcoming show by day. Some companies perform in true rotating repertory fashion with two or more shows alternating i hmm. still not quite getting it. Uh, I don't know. Alright, here we go. Here's another article from OnTheStage.com. Traditionally, summer stock theater is put on by companies that create productions only in, you guessed it, the summer months. Think Oklahoma or The Music Man in a sweeping outdoor amphitheater. The stock portion of the name comes from the tradition of staging shows by a resident company and reusing stock scenery, props, costumes, and actors all summer long. Often summer stock shows take advantage of the weather and perform outside or under tents. These theaters are also often situated near resorts and hotels to ensure out-of-town guests have easy access to their performances. Hmm. While well, it may seem like leisurely summer, a, a leisurely summer of fun, it's typically the opposite for the producers, actors, and staff involved. The speed with which shows must be assembled is the primary difficulty, says Mark Dundas Wood of Backstage. Some theaters still use the tra- traditional summer stock model, which is an ensemble performs one show by night while rehearsing an upcoming show by day. Oh, wow, This I guess this is where the AI picked up this quote. Some companies perform a true rotating repertory, for blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I just didn't know quite what that meant. I still really don't know, and I guess I don't really care. <laughs> anyway, what about this band Starship? I, this is like, wow. I, I mean, I did not know that this sounds pretty cool. It's right up my alley. Starship. I know searching this, we're going to probably get a lot of hits on Jefferson Starship. There's also, of course, Cobra Starship, which I think was mentioned when I went down to Video Game Connections. Starship, nope, this is the Jefferson Starship, which became Starship, but there's a different Starship. I don't know what it... Hmm. Starship Connection. All right. How about this Starship? Mm, no. It's not from the right time period. Hold on. See, it's tough when these bands have these indistinct names. I mean Cobra Starship is good, Did that that's unique. It has Starship, but it has a Cobra in it too. Uh let's see. Here's a Starship. No. No. 2022, 2023. That's not that's not the one we want. How about this Starship? Mm, 2013? No. Nope. We're looking for like a 72. 72. Ugh, oh, come on. Alright. Do we know? All right, hold on. I, this is going to require a little more work. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Starship Mickey Dolenz and Michael Lloyd, Johnny B. Good. <laughs> Wait, is, did they? Maybe they didn't do an album. They just did singles. Mm. Oh God. Hmm. Starship. Let's see. Alright. Because what they're showing here is a, is a single cult. It's amazing to me. Oh wow, there's a cool picture of them playing around with computers. Wow.
2: Mm.
0: No. No. <laughs> what the hell? Where is this? Is it that obscure I can't find it at all? Up oh, here on eBay. This again is Johnny Be Good. Alright, I had, let me look up it's amazing to me. Well, I guess that's the B side. Yeah. That may have been their only uh, their only release, right? Johnny be good. And it's amazing to me, yeah. Okay. Alright, so, that's what we're looking for. It's amazing to me. Let's see. Alright. Here we go. I found it. Introducing Dark Matter. Wait, what? The new 35 card expansion for No, I don't know what that's all about. Alright, here's the song from the MGM Singles Collection. Comments are turned off. They don't want people commenting on this for some reason. This song sucks. Sounds all right though, no.
1: Yeah,
0: it only has a couple pages in here. very interesting I, I, I'm learning a lot about Mickey Dolans, I didn't know he's also fans with uh, Nilsen Harry Nilsen uh, pictures of him as well he's also hanging out with Albert Brooks a lot it looks like <laughs> there's a couple times he's hanging out with Albert Brooks you know Super Dave's brother It's it's not funny. It's it's, it's not fun. So there's a website uh, called uh, Daylight Fonts, I believe. Uh, It's at e-daylight.jp slash fonts. And whoever is behind this in Japan has a similar interest to me in obscure fonts, especially from the phototype era, the 70s and the 80s, let's say. There were so many fonts created and that have been kind of lost, lost to time, uh, because phototype was much cheaper to produce than you know metal type. you know In the past, you know, before phototype you would buy a font. it would be all those little uh, well, either originally it was those metal letters on those, those sticks, but then eventually they made the, the hot metal machines, photo, uh, monotype and lenotype where there were molds and they would pump like liquid metal molded uh molten metal in to create the uh the printing uh surface and uh and yeah then phototype i think came around and then the computer yada yada and fonts computer fonts etc the middle period the phototype and the early digital type era before it was kind of standardized as uh originally as type 3 and type 1 fonts eventually true type then open type you know OTF, etc. a fascinating time, and I always love finding a different font. So I go on this site quite a bit, and uh, I was just looking at different fonts, and I found a font co- called uh, Quirinal, 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 Quirinal. It's uh what is it? Yeah, Q-U-I-R-I-N-A-L-E, Quirinal, Quirinal. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, like a queer urinal. <laughs> how queer and all... Does that mean anything? Let's see. But it's a real. I was really struck by how beautiful the font was, um, and uh, I figured I would I would play around with it. Uh, yes. Anyway, so somehow the letters like the W and the V and stuff kind of reminded me of the Weasel Village Mall. So. Uh, what I do sometimes with these is just download the image do an auto trace in illustrator and then just sort of um, hand position the letters and So it has, it has sort of like an almost like a one of those like letter set like transfer type quality to it when I when I make show art that way um, So I decided to call it the weasel village mall parking deck and As you can see I typeset it the overnight scape, the weasel village mall parking deck upper lowercase I put it in a circle, it's all black and white, and then in the background is a gradient from like uh, white to green, and then sort of a gray um, transparent rectangles that sort of form a zigzag pattern, but you could think of it as a W, a V, and an M, if you look at it like that. And then I put a bit of an, a, a slight 5% orange um, overlay on it to give a, l- a little bit of a weathered look, a little bit of, you know, old paper look. So that's kind of the story behind this, so yeah see it, it's weird if you turn it, it changes the the tone of it totally turning that five percent overlay on and off yeah anyway, so what is the weasel Village Mall parking deck? well, as you know, the weasel Village Mall or maybe you don't know is a uh, is part of a continuum of ideas that I've come up with over the years that have resisted full manifestation right it's it's something that I've been living with along with Night Station, as these ideas that um, mean a lot to me and I've done a lot of work on and yet feel like they can't quite reach the surface, they can't quite manifest or become something. Um, the Weasel Village Mall started as a, uh, a phrase. Um, I think the bare origins of it are the Tapes of me and my father and my brother and sister from when I'm we're really young. And my father says something like, like my father was being hyper, like, oh, and now Frankie Weasel will sing, My Country Tis of Thee. <laughs> and then I sing that. So that tape's on, on the archive. My Country Tis of Thee, sweet land of liberty, of the I see. My father's like, Sing, sing whatever happened to that song it was like a patriotic song my country tis of thee somehow that was like a big thing i don't know if we sang that every day in school but like first you do like the pledge of of allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to our republic invisible i'm like wait wait a minute our country is invisible it's like not visible from the other no indivisible not invisible but it's like the invisible country There's something about that. There's something about the child, a child's expression of religion or patriotism, of which they really have no idea what the hell they're talking about, that's kind of, I don't know, sad, but also kind of um, charming in a way, you know. Anyway, so that's how I got into the weasel thing. I think that recording and then... um, I came up with this idea of a uh, – I wanted to come up with the idea of this shopping mall because I think it was the idea of this um, in this world that was one giant shopping mall that never ended, which later, years later, I found out people all around the world were dreaming about this place, and they called it the mall world or something. But it's a common theme in dreams, this this mall world. And that led me – I think I mentioned this recently that w- – was I at Raceway the Freehold Raceway Mall, which is interesting because the Freehold Raceway Mall, which is a real mall here in New Jersey, is the closest mall to the fictional Weasel Village Mall, which is not too, too far from there in uh, Colts Neck and Tinton Falls. It actually spans both towns. And the location of the Weasel Village Mall in this reality is actually a garbage dump on the edge of a military base. But it looks almost like a shopping mall from the satellite view. And uh, that's where I decided to put it. As I developed the story, it became um, this uh, shopping mall that at first was, uh, yeah, and I've had many stories of it, but it's all kind of very muddled, (laughs) Um, but I wanted to make it eventually into sort of a story or an audio series or something, and there is a lot of stuff. There is a lot of Weasel Village Mall stuff, but it just... Yeah, it, it it resists becoming something. And then Night Station, which was a dark ride in a mall, I wound up um, placing it in the Weasel Village Mall. This is all fictional stuff. And worked on that. And again that also resisted a manifestation. And my theory about that is that um these projects may be projects that I took further in other Timelines in other realities. But in this reality, um, they did not ever take off. And that's an interesting idea in itself, you know, the idea that each of us is not just one person, but we're all these copies of ourselves in all these different realities doing slightly different things, which may or may not be the case. kind of feels like it's the case. Anyway, so I thought, you know, I, that I've been kind of um you know what one of the things i've been interested in is these mundane spaces like a parking deck but the the kind of feeling you get being there there's a certain i guess in recent times what they've called liminal but that's the closest term to what it could be but the idea of being at a parking garage or parking deck at a mall i actually had one in my uh, short video uh, for Joey from in college where they're they're looking for Joey and they go to get fortune cookies at a Chinese restaurant. And one of the fortune cookies says, check under the parking ramp, check under the parking ramp, check under the ramp at the parking garage at the mall. <laughs> and that's where they find Joey. And that, that mall was actually uh, Short Hills Mall or the mall at Short Hills. Uh, still still a very pompous mall. It has not lost any of its pomposity. I've been there a couple times in this year. Very pompous mall, anyway. Though somehow they got rid of their the greatest sculpture, the number sculpture called Countdown. They, uh, I wrote them, and they wrote back that they had uh, donated it to a college or something. Which to me, that was like some of my earliest memories of going to Short Hills as a little little child, and I remember that stat, that sculpture. Anyway, so the Weasel Village Mall parking deck would be. Uh, it's just sort of a, a reference to. In the story that could have been, the characters would probably, like, do things in the parking deck, the Weasel Village Mall parking deck. So you're, it's sort of a fictional place. It's sort of on the, on the edge of a fictional place, you know, the Weasel Village Mall parking deck. But it just looked good with the, the, the letters from this font. And I do think this font has been digitized in a couple ways. There is a listing for it on fonts in use, but I like the kind of how it's sort of imperfect, how it's been auto-traced, and how it looks. Anyway, that's your explanation for the Weasel Village Mall parking deck. Yeah, it sort of makes me feel wistful, is that the right word? Sort of gently interested in, but not overly interested in, what it could have been. (laughs) I like that phrase. What did I just say? I don't even know. Well, it's on tape, so you can listen to it again. Where I could listen to it again, and again and again. So you know, something else that I'm interested in is uh, the everyday carry scene, especially little uh, little fidget items and toys and things. I just find it a very compelling idea that like this little object that can be your companion at a desk or carrying around to play around with. And uh, kind of similar to one that I bought recently, which was called um, little magnetic sticks called uh, stimags. I think they were called stimags. Is that, is that, did I, re- did I, yes. stimags. Stimags. Hold on, I'm trying to find if I, let me search here. So there's this little plastic sticks with magnets that you can play around with. And I thought those were quite, quite cool. oh maybe with a Z, Mags with a Z. Yeah, that's probably it, Stimags with a Z. Yes. Yeah, looks like I I talked about them a few months ago on, oh my birthday, October 3rd. Overnight Escape 2053, those that cluster around keyholes. And the Stimags fidget toy, yes. So this one is called Serenity Sticks and it is in the same vein as Stimags. Serenity Sticks is available on Etsy and these are made to order, I guess, on uh, the, the place that makes them is called Printed Practice. I guess they're 3D printing these. Um, and here's what they say about Serenity sticks. I have mine right here. I love my Serenity sticks, by the way. And look, only twenty four ninety seven. Um, I got the SLA Resin Spiral in black with uh, glow-in-the-dark tips or ends. So these are just three little sticks, three little cylinders, probably about two or three inches long each. And they have magnets at the end, so you can just put the three next to each other. And it almost is sort of like the size of a business card. By the way, the the diameter is uh, maybe half an inch, a centimeter or two. It's a good size. I just dropped it. And here's what they say about Serenity sticks. Now, there's some that are, are sold out. They have titanium, brass, aluminum, and carbon fiber. These are all sold out. And they have different patterns. And besides spiral, they have knurled, smooth, and hourglass, though I do really like the spiral. Now introducing the newest edition of Serenity Sticks, patent pending. Available in resin, aluminum, brass, carbon fiber, and titanium. Uh, This skill toy is something I came up with as an idea that's turned into a very fun and interesting fidget toy that can be used anywhere, anytime, and however you want to use them. The set includes three 65 millimeter magnetic barrels with magnets contained in each end, the ends of each barrel. 3D printed sticks are 15 millimeter round, with other materials being 16 millimeter round, ensuring comfort in the hands. Durable engineering grade resin is used to print the resin sticks to ensure longevity. And they do seem really well made. They seem really solid, well made, strong magnets. are great. Um... high strength rare earth neodymium magnets are used to hold the barrels together in somewhat of a pen spinning configuration while still being easy enough to break into two or three parts where it can be used as a very unique magnetic skill toy with a help to help with stress anxiety adhd or just boredom one thing i like doing is I, i hold the top one and then i can spin the other two around i like doing there's a lot of things you could just there's many different tricks and just methods you can use The way they feel in your hand, the push and pull, and feel from the magnets, the way it spins like a pen and breaks apart when wanted, all make this brand new product so much more fun than I was expecting. And even though I haven't come up with many tricks yet, I know for a fact others will come up with some crazy combos, and I can't wait. I know if you grab yourself a set, you won't regret it. And I'm just trying to see, because I actually did a review of it. I don't know if it came up yet. Yeah, um, I know. If you grab yourself a set, you won't regret it, and your hands are regret it when your hands are bored or your stress levels are high. Um, so anyway, I I feel like uh, this is a very and this is cool because it's sort of like it's just made by this one person, obviously, uh, on Etsy, and it's a very it's a very cool thing to have. Um. And the glow in the dark really works, you know. It, it charges in the light, and you can see it. Remember, I had, I had that that little nuclear capsule. I still have it somewhere. It glows without having the light. It's nuclear, but I don't know where it is right now. I'm 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 wasting a, my nuclear toy is wasting away. <laughs> I have to find it eventually. But yeah, you can uh, you can turn it into three, and so it's it's a it's, it's almost like a little magic wand, and you can flip it around in your hands. You can uh, spin it in your fingers, kind of like uh, a pen. I'm not too good at that yet. Um, I found that you could take one and stick it next to the other ones, and you can spin it that way. And you could take just two in one hand and kind of uh, play around with it that way. And it just has a great feel. It's a very cool idea. I mean, it feels like this concept could have been done. Could this have been done any time in history? I don't know. I think it's the availability of these really strong magnets. Maybe they, they were not as easy to get back. I remember magnets were kind of weak back in the day? Like as a kid, you had one of those magnets that was like sort of that U-shaped thing. They could barely pick up anything. What the heck? Then they came up with these more powerful magnets. Oh, and of course, when you uh, the sticks, when you face them one way, they stick together. And the other way, they resist each other. So you have that kind of, you can just play around with that resistance feeling, which is kind of cool. Magnetism, This is a mysterious force. What's causing it? I don't know. It's part of reality, man. Yes, yeah, so I really dig these, you know. I do wind up playing with them a lot. And I think these, like these the Stimags are nice, but this one I feel is like, uh, simple with three, and something you always pick up and uh, play with. Sort of hear the clicky click clacky noises. And uh, oh, I even found yeah. Like what did I, what's another one? Put them three in a row, and turn the center one. Rotate the center one, and the other two's ki- the other two kind of go the opposite way. But since they're they have a spiral pattern, it's like they're moving up and down. I like that. Yeah, cool little obscure fidget gadgets here. But I like the, yeah. I like this thing where you sort of, you sort of spin it around. It's hard to describe, but I'm holding one and the other two are underneath it and I'm spinning them around, so it's sort of like on the rim of the, the circle being held by the magnets. You can do them pretty fast before it sort of, damn, you can go very fast, bef- it doesn't, it, whoa, eventually it'll fly apart, yeah. Uh-oh, where did they go? <laughs> See, that's the thing, if you play with them too violently, they might, uh, oh, here it is, okay. The, and then because they're magnetic, you just have to put one of them down, and the other one will pick up from the ground. I think they have a video of someone playing with it, which is way beyond what I can do with it. Is this the video? Yeah, spinning it around. Oh, yeah, that guy's doing the same thing I was doing. Whoa, <laughs> this person's very uh, very adept at uh, spinning things. I don't have quite that same level of uh, dexterity. I know what my dexterity would be uh, Dungeons and Dragons wise, but probably not that high. A 9 maybe? No, is that is that high? No, it's low. 18 is the highest. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I. Uh, yeah, there was a, a, a package delivery earlier, uh, yet another one, and they uh, knocked on the door. They're like, uh, deli- UPS delivery. They're like, can you sign for this? I'm like, sure and uh i didn't know what it was but i opened it up and it's a it's a present from my wife denise to me it's a christmas present but i but i should have gotten it a few a week or two ago because this is the whiskey advent calendar from flaviar i've never gotten one of these oh man the lost art of distilling search for the secret spirits it is a large box beautifully printed green with a kind of a Gold foil, beautiful illustrations, kind of Dolly-esque. What's inside? 24 50-milliliter world-class whiskey samples, a collectible Glencairn glass, bespoke leather coaster, and a free one-year Flavor Base membership. Look at this. <laughs> this. Is quite the object in the, in the front. Yeah, look. You can, you can open it up, each one. Start here. Open for a secret object? What is this? Yeah, there's this weird illustration of all these, like, weird animal people, like with fox heads and things. Making spirits may seem like black magic to the uninitiated eye. Various substances become delicious potions through complex chemical shenanigans. Distillation was, after all, done by alchemists and... For a time, those who possessed such knowledge were accused of witchcraft. Add the mysterious influence of wood, and we couldn't blame you for thinking it's all wizardry. Do I smell anything? I'm scared if I smell something, maybe something spilled. No, I don't see any spills. Let's see what it says in the back here. This box before you is a treasure chest of exquisite specimens collected by a mysterious adventurer who wanted to unlock the secrets of fine spirits. We invite you to put on a fedora, grab your favorite sidekick and the most trusted glass, and embark on an exciting tasting expedition of exploring flavors and learning the lost art of distillation. Train your senses to become a connoisseur and continue the advent-sure. Play on words like advent and adventure. Welcome, dear DRAM pioneer, and cheers. Scan QR code for more. (laughs) Who are we? We are Flaviar, an exclusive club for adventurous, fine-spirits lovers with a mission to propel our members' palate to the next level. Help them find new favorites through tasting and encourage them to share their passion for a fine tipple with friends and family. Flaviar is shorthand for authentic tasting experiences at home. We glide Flaviaristas through the exciting world of spirits with curated selections of exclusive, hard-to-find, and private bottlings. Themed tasting boxes let them discover and share new flavors without the need to splurge on full bottles, while the educational video content, in-depth articles, and guided tastings... Hosted by pros, make sure their knowledge grows with their taste buds. Join us on this delicious voyage. Wow, yeah, my neighbor Brad, I think, has had this in the past. He's had Flavio and he gets like a little uh, sample of whiskeys, like every, every mu- three months or something. So, I don't know. I feel like I guess I should. Uh, I guess I should open it up, right? I mean, it says start here. It feels almost. It's so pristine at the moment. So it's cardboard, and you sort of have to press in this little notch. Ooh. What is this? It's a, it's, it's a book. The Lost Art of Distillation. The Search for the Secret Spirits. Look at this. Wow. And there's a glass in there. Oh, I, I could use another nice little whiskey glass. Nice. I have to put that, I have to wash that. Wow, that is really cool. And then it says open for a, sec- a secret object. All right, let's see. Having a lot of fun here. What is the secret object? It is, oh, it's a little coaster. I guess it's the leather coaster. Nice. I would normally not buy leather myself as it's not vegan, but it's oh, fine. I'll make an exception in this case. And I don't know let's just let's just try number one here, we have to start as it's already the seventh. This is number one, just to see what it's like. This is so cool. There's all these little bottles in here. this is so this is so groovy. How do
2: you get it out?
0: It's jammed in there. What the hell I need to get my pliers. so here it is oh cool, it's like almost like a it's like a cylindrical bottle. It's like a little, t- like a little test tube. You've got to try this. Oh wow! I don't even know what. I, g- I guess it's in the book. They should tell you what they are. Let I me mean, let me just uh, take a little little tiny sip here. Whoa! That smells good. Pour a slight bit in my mouth here just to get a little taste
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's quite good. I guess I'll jam it back in there just temporarily yeah well, I wonder what that does it say in the book which what that one was? I like that. It's very spicy. I'm sure they'd start off with a good one. Oh, Wyoming Whiskey, small batch. They're saying it has notes of caramel, vanilla cream, butter, floral, malted barley, spicy, mint, raisin, and savory. That's actually really good. I, I do want more, but I'll save it for later. Anyway, that's very cool. Very cool indeed. Thank you, Denise. It's a cool present. Whiskey Advent Calendar. So, you know, a song I was talking about an episode or two ago, Uh, Steely Dan's Turn That Heartbeat Over Again has been playing in my head so much, such an earworm. And there's that one uh, section that I was trying to interpret, and I've read a lot of lyric interpretation uh, sites about this song, and no one really knows what's going on. But I realized something about this section that I mentioned. Uh, I'll play it for you right now, and I think I just figured out one interpretation of it. My So it's um my poison's name you know my brand So please make mine a double Sam stirred up nice I'll eat it right here This highway runs from Paraguay and I've just come all the way right is that is that the whole thing yeah right Why am I getting this mixed up In my poison's name you know my brand. So please make mine a double sand. Stir it up nice. I'll eat
2: it right here where this highway runs
0: from Paraguay. Paraguay. And I've just come all the way. So, so I mean, I think it's pretty obvious in retrospect to look at this. It's, it's someone taking, taking drugs, you know. Uh, my poison's name, you know my brand. So please make mine a double sam stirred up nice I'll eat it right here. Yeah this highway runs from Paraguay Paraguay and I've just come all the way so basically the idea is a drug whatever it is has been uh, you know imported from South America right So he's asking someone to stir it up nice I'm, sh- I'm assuming this is some sort of heroin or something my poison's name you know my brand so please make mine a double sam stirred up nice I'll eat it right here. See, you know, stirring something up, it sounds like you'll drink it. But I guess is eating a term for, like, taking drugs? I don't know. I've never been into the drug drug scene myself for some reason. Somehow I avoided all that. I've led kind of a sheltered existence. But anyway, this highway, yeah, this highway runs from Paraguay. So it's the drug uh, (coughs) smuggling uh, highway, right? Though you actually can't drive from Paraguay to the U.S. because of that darn Darien Gap. Where's Paraguay? Is that that's the uh an inland country. I like I like going on Google Maps and just kind of going starting out out here in Jersey and zooming out. There's the globe. Go down. Yeah, Paraguay. It's kind of is it the only South American country that's landlocked. Uh yeah, it looks like it, right? Yeah. Argentina, Chile, Peru. Yeah, yeah. It's the only one that, that that's landlocked. It doesn't... It's, I mean, it, it's not on the ocean. <coughs> I don't know much about Paraguay. Uruguay I know a little bit more about. Uh, Montevideo, the capital. I know a lot of people that are trying to retire to other countries. They like to go to Uruguay. They They pay... You pay like a certain amount of money and you get like this visa that you can live there. Uh, Paraguay is not, does not even uh, border Uruguay. That's kind of weird. So, if you're in Paraguay and you wanted to. I mean, obviously, this song may be taking place, assuming it's in the United States, but it could be taking place in South America. But anyway, there's like some roads you could drive to Bolivia, another country I don't know very much about. Oh, Bolivia is landlocked too. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I didn't realize Bolivia is also landlocked. Yes. La Paz. Does it mean the peace? Justice of the peace? And you can drive through Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, and then you, you run into a bit of a snag here, if you look at the maps, because there is a road, uh, Route 62, or how would you say that in Spanish? Uh dos, perhaps? Seisenta uh, dos? Yeah, it, uh, there's a, a Darien Gap, in fact, on the other side in Panama, there's Route One. Is that the same Route One that I have here in Jersey? Uh, and then it just stops in a little town called Yaviza. And uh, yeah, that's there's there's no roads, <coughs> so you can't drive there. But the highway being is like sort of a drug smuggling highway. Yeah. Anyway, I I guess it's obvious in retrospect. Uh, but yeah, that's I think that's what this what they mean i don't think i don't know if anyone else got that on the the lyric interpretation sites but what do you want can we hear it one more time it's an amazing song what an amazing song on an amazing album i mean this song gets uh you know overlooked a lot of times because you know you have do it again and reeling in the years which are two monster hits that are classic rock staples dirty work another one you might hear on the radio and then the other songs "A like King's Midnight Cruiser Only a Fool Would Say That, Fire in the Hole
2: You know there's fire in the hole nothing
0: left to burn Brooklyn, owes the Charmer Under Me Change of the Guard and then turn, there's such an incredible and this is from the 72, it's their first album uh, anyway here we go my
2: boy's You know my brand so please make mine A double sound Stir it up nice I'll eat it right here Yeah, this highway runs From Paraguay And I've just come all the way Love your mama Love your brother Love them till they...
0: Enough of that! Enough of that copyrighted music Oh
2: Michael Oh Jesus I'll keep my promise when you turn that
0: heartbeat over again. Do do do. Oh, look, the Galapagos Islands. Look at that. Great. (coughs) Okay. It's later on. Heading over to the liquor store. We're gonna put up our uh, Christmas tree tonight. It's one of those old, it's an old artificial tree. And uh, it takes a little while to put it together, but we're gonna throw it on. We've got the lights. Yeah, we got some good lights. It's like, uh, they're like outdoor lights that are white, but they're really bright. And it kind of works, it works for the indoor one. We've had them for a couple of years. So uh, color it's color coded to put the whole thing together I think we got this the first year we were married back in the 90's this tree I think we may have gotten it from uh, Fortunoff remember Fortunoff that store Fortunoff what is this, the B-52's Follow Your Bliss oh, I'm just listening to random songs I'm not really familiar with the B-52's like album tracks, I only know their hits which there's not too many There's Rock Lobster, and, uh, Roam if you want to, and the Love Shack is a little old place where... What the hell's this traffic jam over here? I'm really, I'm just, I'm literally driving like two minutes, and there's like some sort of major traffic jam over here. I can can always scoot around the other way, though, if, if there's a problem. It looks like there is a problem over here. What the hell's going on? I'm going to the the closer liquor store. Because, you know, here in Jersey, you have to uh, go to a liquor store to buy beer. Ooh. Bachelorette by Bjork. I, I can't take Bjork anymore. I'm I'm so, I'm like, done with Bjork, basically. This is a good song, though.
2: I'm a fountain of
0: blood in the shape of a girl. Right. All right, I bet I'm just going to go around. This is ridiculous. No, it's moving. What should I do? All right, I'll go. I don't know if I should have gone around it. I don't know. I don't like Bjork. F Bjork. She used to be. She used to be good before she became all artistic and stuff. What is this? Oh, it's from the CMJ New Music Monthly. It's uh, "Black Soul Choir" by Horsepower. Yeah, those are some good. Uh, that's when you used to get like a CD in the magazine all this, there's a lot of music that I don't even think was ever released anywhere else, it's like this interesting artifact what else do we have alright, I I made the good choice by going this way because I I got through I don't know what the problem was, In the Dark by Billy Squire, yeah I don't know what that's all about let's go over here alright what else can we, we find anything else good here David Bowie, Heathen. Five fifteen, the Angels. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have an issue with Bowie. I'm not really a huge Bowie fan, honestly. I mean, obviously he has some great songs, but he annoys me to some level. David Gray, the Rice. No, I want to find a good song. Duran Duran, the Wild Boys. Oh, come on, Wild Boys, Wild Boys. Do 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 Wild boys are calling.
2: The way back from the fire.
0: Alright, I gotta go buy stuff now. You wanna come in the liquor store with me? Why not? I'll put you in my pocket. Let's go buy some beer. going here. And they were watching Rick and Morty in there. It's funny because these kids that work in the liquor store, they're always watching cartoons. They're watching like Spongebob or Rick and Morty. You know? Anyway, I got my beer. We're good. What about the music? No? No music? Hold on. What were we talking about? Let's see. Boys. Was that like a William S. Burroughs novel or something? I don't know. I never read any of his books really. Uh what am I doing? Let's see. Christmas, Christmas tree. It takes so long to load like the uh from, from, from the uh flash drive, you know, it's like crazy. <laughs> this was like the only orig- the only new song that was on their arena the arena live album an august moon surrender to gunshots on the fly a dust cloud on the right on the rise would that be a good lyric oh there's a dust cloud on the right no misheard lyrics of course Yeah. Anyways, I want to thank you so much for uh, patching into this episode of The Overnightscape. Is this, is this for the first I've done the spiel uh, just driving? No, I've done it before just driving, right? Uh, I am your host, uh, Frank Edward Nora. We're here on OnSug Radio. It's uh, broadcasting from inside the book. And just go to OnSug.com for all of your OnSug needs. Can you hear me? I think you can hear me. Uh, yeah, O N S U G. Onsug is the word. Onsug Radio is the name of the project, also known as the Onsug, or Onsug, or the Overnightscape Underground. That's what Onsug stands for, the Overnightscape Underground. Yeah, check it out. We're we're. This is a unique project, like nothing else in the world. We have over fourteen thousand hours of audio adventures for you to check out. It's a non-commercial project. And we're very focused and dedicated on uh, preserving our audio Our little radio world here On into the near and far future And uh, so 14,000 hours is uh, over a year and seven months of audio Uh, We have a unique style Uh, There's no shows quite like these And uh, yeah Hold on, this intersection is always weird weird intersection yeah so anyway we uh now that you know about OnSug radio it's always here for you you can spend years and years and years listening and getting to know all the different hosts what the heck is that what kind of creature is that is that a cat running along i think that was a cat yeah the eyes were glowing as it was running across the street careful kitty i think vegas is getting a little better but he's still really freaked out from the whole experience yeah what about these people? Oh, that's not a person. I thought it was a person with very wide legs, but it was just two bags of, uh, of trash. Is it a trash night? No. I oh, don't know. That was last night. Anyway. Home again, home again. Yes. One moment as I pull in here. Look, the mailman's over here. It gets dark so early these days. Dark for a while. Yes, do the double park. there's I don't know why there's two brakes, but I try to do them both, so the car is very, very well broken, braked, braked. Anyways, yeah. Um, hopefully soon, Overnight Escape Central will will return. I know that a few weeks ago, PQ River ended his run on Overnight Escape Central after 13 amazing years. Thank you, PQ. And now I'm talking to Dave in Kentucky about taking it over. Uh, hopefully that will happen and you'll be able to have your voice on the archive uh, oh wait a minute it's also there's an exit ramp i got to do an exit ramp soon too Jeez, <laughs> uh, time flies I'm like oh I don't have to do another exit ramp until early December well it's already the, the first week of December is pretty much up it's crazy craziness anyways again thanks so much for patching in and uh, definitely spread the word Help preserve our archive. Hey, you may be there a thousand years from now, and you may be the only person in the world that knows of Onsug Radio's existence. Please spread the word. How's the world doing in the year three thousand twenty-three? Okay, I'm sure it's okay. It's fine. Listen, time is uh, it, it, past, present, and future are all sort of coexisting. So, so you're right here next to me, but that's the thing with these recordings. You kind of, you kind of are here next to me, right? We sort of synchronize our realities, even though. You could be far away physically and in time. We're sort of uh, connecting, in a way, using the magic of Onsug Radio. And now the Wild Boys are calling you to check out an amazing dust cloud on the right. What's that? What's that misheard lyric? I hear the. Oh, uh, there's a bathroom on the right. Okay, that's that. Instead of Bad Moon on the rise, there's a bathroom on the right. And there's also this. The other side. Energy
2: cushion, rotating in metallic motion. Hot parade with freaky circus girls. Black telephone broken dial clear as chimney wine covered in soot dust spoiled in a sunray. The matches light easily today. In the dry air of red and blue neon height. Pungent mail-order bride smells slice sliced lemon. mouth water and plastic touch slicing yellow wedges. I'm alive. <laughs> and the black phone, it rang the bell chime again. Let's thank the gods that be for dizzy off center,
3: friends. Roger out. Prepare for Operation Starblade. Calling Starfighter Geosword, calling Geosword, come in Geosword. The enemy at task force, mechanized planet Red Eye, just reached the Federation of Planets and is approaching our mother planet. Our strategy is to neutralize Red Eye and defeat the menace to our mother planet. Aim at the power source generator of Red Eye. All energy converges on the Power Stone, which is inside of Octopus. Good luck, Geosaur. Over. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
4: At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. I have never wanted to withhold anything. But until now, it has not been constitutionally possible for me to speak. A few hours ago, I discharged my last duty as king and emperor. And now that I have been succeeded by my brother, the Duke of York, my first words must be to declare my allegiance to him. This I do with all my heart. You all know the reasons which have have impelled me to renounce the throne. But I want you to understand that in making up my mind, I did not forget the country or the empire, which, as Prince of Wales and lately as King, I have for 25 years tried to serve. But you must believe me when I tell you that I have found it impossible to carry the heavy burden of responsibility and to discharge my duties as king as I would wish to do without the help and support of the woman I love. And I want you to know that the decision I have made has been mine and mine alone. And now we all have a new king. I wish him and you, his people, happiness and prosperity with all my heart. God bless you all. God save the kings. across the street, tell me what you see.
3: You mind stepping out of the car, please?
4: LA 157 Mary Forbes, give me a 1028 on the 849 Sam Zebra Yellow. Okay, guys, let's
0: hustle it up.
2: I am really sorry, officers, but my PR man scheduled me for a photo session. And my driver didn't show up. I apologize for the inconvenience, but. Hey, come on, John. Don't you know who this is? Hey, I know he cut off two cars because his view was obstructed, all right? No, man, this is puffing stuff. Don't you have ever... I forgot. He doesn't have a TV set. Wh- what? No TV? And you're gonna write me a hey, ticket? okay, okay,
5: I'm not gonna write you a citation. I'm just gonna give you a warning, tag your car, and you can walk back to the television station oh, and get a ride to the...
6: thank session. you, officer. I will. Okay, let's clean it up.
3: Nice and easy. Make it
2: look like shit. Thanks a lot, officers. Bye-bye. You know, uh, I thought stuff in the muff was, uh... It's puffin' stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought he was just for kids. Well, I guess I'm just a big, overgrown kid, partner.
7: out sir the bird lady will take your ticket on stage right now yes siri it's show time you do that very well sir we'd like to try on one of the gowns we can start you here tomorrow on stage right now right now come on through the turnstile come in and see like we paid a now is the time to come to see the show yes siri the first show of the evening is on stage right now continuous performances you're just in time to see the show Sir, would you mind so these people get through? Thank you so much. They're buying tickets. On stage right now. Now is the time to come to see. They will pay to three. Right now is a wonderful time. Time to come to see the show. On the stage, this very moment, they will pay to three. On the stage right now. Come in and see it. This is it. On stage right now. Nothing like it in Montreal. On stage, or Toronto, but then, of course, Toronto is very dull in the summertime. On stage, very, very, very wonderful show. They will pay to three. On stage. See at the King Edward Hotel. Check there. On stage right now. Now is the time to come to see the show. Right now. Come right on in. See the show. It goes on stage right now. The moment you go through the door, it's showtime yeah sure on stage right now show time buy your tickets now the bird lady is waiting for you to come in and see the show you should take your ticket when you buy one to see they will pay to Paris. now is the perfect time to come no waiting no lines no delay the hit review is fourth of july folks have fun today come and see the show on stage now now is the perfect time to come to see the little review with the big entertainment features yes sir the bird lady is impatiently waiting on the inside yes she's waiting so she can take your ticket a motor is running tonight. She just had dinner and she's terribly worked up. Would well, you believe it, ma'am? This girl graduated high school on Friday. This is her first job. Straight A's. She got a diploma and this is her first position. Fight you the turnstile. The young lady will take your tickets. Come on in now. I don't care how old you are, you'll enjoy the potato curry. Hello, Edwin, how are you? Edwin, you little devil, you. On stage, what are you doing? On stage, you're looking at the bird lady. On stage, yes, you are. He's staring at the bird lady. Why don't you get him one for Christmas, sir? On stage, buy him his own bird lady so he can be terribly happy for the rest of the year. Come on in and see the show. Yes, sir. Tickets are now on sale of the box office. No waiting, no delays. Come in and see it today. Thirty-five delightful moments of entertainment in the air-conditioned theater. La to de Paris, the lovely little dolls of Paris, has the revolving turntables and elevator stage. Dancing waters, a little swimming pool, a ice skating rink. It's all here. We even have simulated fireworks effects. Yes, sir, you've been in the mine Corps, I can tell. Oh, because I a tattoo on your arm On stage right now. Bring the young lady in. She'll like to see the show. It has everything a little hit show should have. Yes, sir, there's nothing on the outside. It's all on the inside. Would you buy a suit of clothes by looking at it in the window? No, you go in and try it on. That's what we suggest. Buy a ticket. I'm so glad you changed it to my partner. Welcome to the Ponderosa. It's Gabby here saying hello to you all. Go on in and see the show. Ben Cartwright's in there with the whole family, Horse, Little Joe, and Adam. On stage, why don't they get a wife? All four of them. they never married. I don't know what happened to Ben Cartwright's wife. She went out for a loaf of bread about 30 years ago and never came back. On stage, come on in. Okay, if you buy a ticket now, you're buying it for the next full and complete performance of Label Boupé three. The finale of the show has just started. You buy a ticket now, you're buying it for the next show. It'll be about four minutes, you wait up here, you'll see the full and complete show. No one is allowed in the theater while the finale is on. Something terrible takes place while the finale is on. We can't let anybody in while it's on. If you want to buy tickets, it's on sale right now. Right now, it's a good time. Yes, sir. 35 minutes Mm -hmm. in just a little while. Yes, sir. About four minutes. Tickets are now on sale for the next. Would you mind stepping up here, please? You just have a short wait. The finale of our show is on stage. If you wait here, you'll go right in and see a full and complete show. If you don't buy a ticket now, you know what happens. Gangbusters pandemonium, everybody. The line will be down there and you'll be so just wait right up here on the top, if you will. Thank you, right here. You'll be going in the first two folks. Oh, please. Be my guest. This is where you have to wait, right up on the top. You just wait right here, thank you so much. I know you want to wait down there you get a better view. But up here you'll get just as good of a wanna see the bird, lady? You see her at PTA meetings all around the country. Would you mind just waiting up here? Thank you so much, Dick. Try to sneak in without our letting us know, huh? Yeah. You're coming in to see the full and complete show. If you buy a ticket now, it's for the next show. Our first evening performance is about to get underway. There's the whole bird lady, this is our contribution to 85 percent of the fare being free, and you won't find that over there on the other side of the bridge. The New York Pavilion. On stage, on stage right now. Now hear this, now hear this, the smoking lamp is lit, a clean sweep down on all next There, sell Buy a ticket, get over there mate, buy your ticket now, come in to see the show. You will find us on board ship, you know what's called or what's after. When you come in to see, they will be the very, Oh there little girl. On stage, buy your tickets now, stand right up here on mine. you'll be going in in
1: just a few moments. Tickets are now on sale. In
7: Montreal. And finally, this week, we'd like to introduce you to Iuma. Iuma is an acronym for the Internet Underground Musical Archive, a cyberspace path for a new and alternative distribution system for new and alternative music. In the past year, Iuma has put online over 350 unsigned acts who, through Internet access, reached a global audience with downloadable songs. Iuma says it has high-quality audio and requires no user fees or long-distance calls. We checked it out for ourselves, and here's what we found.
5: The internet is sort of the world's coffee house with 30 million people connected electronically. IUMO stands for the Internet Underground Music Archive, which means um, we are the NET's first music archive that takes bands, uh, mostly unsigned bands, as well as labels of varying sizes and puts them on the internet. <laughs>
3: Not your typical Santa Cruz surf punks. Rob Lord and Jeff Patterson, computer whiz kids at the University of Santa Cruz, got the idea for IOMA when Jeff put a track from his band's record on the internet, and to his amazement, got responses to his music from as far away as Turkey.
6: We realized that uh, since it was pretty successful putting my band out there, that other bands would probably want on. So we started doing it for our friends' bands around Santa Cruz, and uh, pretty soon we had 200 bands and. We decided it was time to become a business because the
5: demand was there. They saw
6: us playing at a party one time and they said, you guys want to go up on the net? And we said, actually, we did just have a song recorded, Trout. So we put it up and I'd say probably about a week later, we got some pretty cool responses from all over. People from Russia and uh, Italy. Italy. Kentucky. People from Kentucky, Michigan. basically." Miami yeah all over the world it's a full graphical interface you get pictures of the band You get play buttons all you have to do is click on the play button and the music will be downloaded to your system uh to get their information it's all right there on the screen in front of you
3: we're a new york city band we haven't toured europe you know i mean it's one thing to play patty riley's every sunday but then to be to have people in norway i mean the first time i heard it i was thinking you know there's some guy snowed in in his cabin playing with the computer listening to our music but he can't even get out of the house to go down the record shop and buy it even if he could if all this sounds too good to be true you should know that there are a few hitches downloading just one song can take up to 30 minutes and can use up valuable space on your hard drive but with computer memory and speeds ever on the increase it may not be long before you can sit at home and check out a new band from a town you've never heard of and maybe even buy their single
5: at some point in the future um the whole paradigm of record distribution. Maybe you won't have to go to the record store to buy it. You'll download it um, from the computer. Why would you want to go out to the store when it can be brought directly into your home? We see it evolving. We see ourselves at the forefront of it. And I think we're going to see some Ayuma bands becoming signed and becoming very popular and showing up on MTV before too long.
7: Iuma browsers can also buy demo tapes and CDs through the service. To find out more about Iuma, you can email them at iuma.com. And one last cyber note, Aerosmith will be online Sunday night from 7 to 8 p.m. on CompuServe just before playing the Palace of Auburn Hills near Detroit.
6: Well, a lot of people are thinking these days that seeing a movie in a theater is too much like seeing a movie at home. The screen's getting smaller, the theaters are getting smaller. Well, there are a number of formats, two of them in fact, which hope to bring back the magic of seeing a movie in a theater, and that's a good thing. They're called IMAX and ShowScan, and they've ventured past that whole nature documentary stuff and are actually trying something new. Now, ShowScan gave Industrial Light and Magic, that great special effects house, the chance to create an entire special effects film in their format while IMAX, which features a screen five stories high and 70 feet wide, let director Julian Temple loose on the Rolling Stones' Steel Wheels Tour. I don't think there was any reason to make another conventional Rolling Stones concert film. But uh, IMAX is 4,000 times the size of MTV, so it's like a megaton bomb. Uh, seven and a half stories high and it's bigger than your field of vision and it's from a negative that's ten times the size of a normal 35mm movie negative so it has incredible clarity.
1: i
7: work very fast-moving compressed don't show very loud. <laughs> And if you see it in some format, you feel like you can fall into the stage. Just seeing an IMAX film is pretty, really, really fun. Especially that so many people are used to seeing movies in like duplexes and you know
3: cinemas that really have quite small screens. Well, I think they first saw an IMAX film about beavers, which is kind of a funny film to show the Rolling Stones. But in terms of IMAX doing a project like this, I don't think there could be anyone else other than the Stones. You know, I mean, they have the the legend and the the
6: larger-than-life uh, projection that something like this needs.
0: Well, the first came in and uh, gave us the opportunity uh, to have uh, create creative sinkhole.
7: They said, here's our format. What do you guys got? We came back with a few ideas, and they loved the
3: idea of the intergalactic race. Go! It's actually a simulator ride, so it's a film, and while you're viewing this film, you're in seats that move. The main thing that we wanted was uh, to establish uh, an environment that was uh, riddled with danger, that was excited, you know, the crowd is cheering, the flashbulbs are popping, and, uh, and then, of course, the engines are loud. They're in your face, it's nitro-burning, flame-throwing, crashing and burning kind of action. It's one 10-second live-action sequence we shot on our main stage. Everything else was built in our model shop, uh,
7: designed in our art department, photographed on two motion-controlled track cameras, and that's it. Yet, uh, for all the audience knows, they're in a galaxy far, far away. We wanted to
1: sort of make the David Lynch version of an attraction ride. Uh, Sort of Star
0: Tours with the gloves off.
6: you should be able to catch Space Race at a show-scan theater in the near future. And Rolling Stones at the Max is currently touring the country's IMAX theaters, the ones with the really big screens.
3: When we return, Bruce Willis... Entertainment. At first glance, those two words don't seem to go together, but look a little closer. There are plenty of people from the Rockford area entertaining people in the Rockford area. In our series, Class Acts, Andy Gannon takes a look at some people who have banded together for several reasons mainly to entertain us. And now, taking the stage from the world of rock and roll, Rockford's own
4: Puppets.
6: These five young men from Rockford are playing rock and roll for a living and playing the waiting game for a while.
5: I think everyone in this business is looking for a break, you know, looking for a chance to make it big, otherwise I don't think they'd really be in the business to begin with. I think anybody in this business is waiting for something like that. It's, it's hard to get it, but if you can get it, it's well worth it.
6: Right now, from a financial standpoint, Puppet is barely worth it.
5: We make enough money to make a living. And it's not easy to do. We're, some days we go without a lot of sleep. We're on the road a lot. It's very hectic a lot of times. It's very trying, but we make enough to make it. You pay the bills a little extra.
6: Hey, but it's only rock and roll, and they like it, and that makes it all worth it.
5: The thing for me is uh, when I see an audience having fun, or that's my whole challenge, is to make sure they have fun. And if they have fun, I have
2: fun, too. Mostly they have fun with the audience. We're more of a theatrical-oriented, uh, with the clown white uh, European makeup. So you, so you like to give them different faces, different moves, uh, keep their eyes glued to the stage.
6: Puppet has been donning makeup and costumes for three years now, all under the watchful eyes of their 31-year-old band leader, father figure, and the keyboard of directors, Mark Dahlgren. Oh, he's also the coach.
5: You have to practice every day. If you don't It's like a football game, football team. If you don't practice, you know, if you just go out and play, you don't make it. A football player all year round practices. same thing with a musician it's more practice than it is play
6: and in puppet it is more togetherness than it is selfishness
2: every family has their bad moments and good moments and uh, you just go as a family unit and uh yeah you got good times and bad times more good than bad
6: but the place is quiet now puppet has since packed up their amps and their lights and all their instruments and they have hit the road again and a long and winding road it is they travel through ten states in the Midwest, from Nebraska to Ohio. But once a week, they try to come home, home to Rockford.
5: Visit with our friends, family. Everybody has friends here in right? <laughs> Rockford. It's, it's our hometown.
6: dahlgren also spends his Sunday mornings playing the organ at his church. What do you do when you get, do get back to Rockford?
5: Uh, I like to give my my buddies an old call in uh, laundry. Yeah. In the laundry, yeah? yeah,
6: plenty. So it's not exactly putting on the Ritz, but it's a living, and maybe, just maybe, for Puppet, it will all be worth it. And again, in 23 Action News.
5: Maybe we should wear that type of makeup every now and then, just for well, kicks. Of.
1: Day made my legs feel like lead. Then I discovered
7: Sheer Energy. The pantyhose with all-day massage. Their massage started as I slipped them on. Then Sheer Energy's springy yarn stimulated and refreshed my legs more and more. Sheer Energy. Give your legs an all-day massage, even when you're sitting. Give them Sheer Energy. Sheer
3: Energy. As an alternative to unplanned rural sprawl, the Tennessee Valley Authority is working with Alabama's Elk River Development Agency in an innovative approach to community planning. The development is called Elkmont Rural Village and is located near Athens in northern Alabama. First phase construction of the village is well underway. One of the requirements for all homes to be built here is that they must comply with TVA's energy-saving Super Saver Homes specifications. The super saver concept includes extra thick insulation, the use of an electric heat pump, and other different construction techniques. The community recreation center, now going up at the entrance of the new town, is equipped with solar panels. The 2,400 square foot building will include a solar water heater, in addition to using a solar system for heating the building. According to plans, up to 1,000 homes are to be built in the village on the 1,700 acres of land, Tennis courts, as well as picnic areas and nature trails, are being provided for use by the residents. Permanent open space and careful planning are the two key factors that will make the village different. TVA says if these planning concepts prove practical, they can be used as guides for other housing developments in the TVA area and throughout the country. For TVA, this is Steve Cinnamon. Welcome to the world of the rich and famous, where my is a household word. My home, my car, my girl, my staff, my, my, my. Mail for you. Oh my! Casey Meadows, by an act of fate and inspiration, is about to become my chauffeur.
7: She is a female.
2: Yes, I am. Ooh, baby he gave her the animal for her first assignment what a blue
3: woman with a blue dog never in the 40 year history of Brentwood Limousine Limited has an assignment been so bolloxed.
5: she was worth 20,000 points
2: I didn't know that
3: and
6: now it is time for the gratuitous nudity you kidnapped an ambassador. These are
3: complaints from all over town about your escapades last night.
4: I'm not a lady. I can see that. You? Take your butt off the ceiling, put it back in the seat, drive the car.
5: Very good. I'm very adult. I like people who can express themselves openly and share their feelings.
1: Oh! Oh, hurts like love. Oh! <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my. Marry me.
6: My chauffeur. Do you think I am? The idiot. Kiss me, stupid. My.
3: Are you in for a big surprise? Bingo. My <laughs> chauffeur.